Listen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Fam, I want to give a shout out to Brandy Banks of the Forgiveness Movement. Check out her content that is featured on our website, weareonefaith.com. She is a passionate woman of God who is all about helping people heal from past hurt and find forgiveness through her organization, Purpose by God, which helps people find their true purpose within the body of Christ. All of her contact information is found on our website, so be sure to check out and support the Forgiveness Movement. Fam, welcome back to week four of this series that we're in called Meet the Fam. And man, if you missed last week's episode, please go check it out. Um, you can see it on YouTube. Check it out on um, all podcast streaming platforms. This week is going to be another doozy, another another one. So, but uh, I'm excited because, you know, like I said, this is something that was near and dear to our hearts. This is something that we have observed and something that we feel the need to, to express. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people feel the exact same way and you know as preachers we can't be scared to talk about topics we can't be um timid about opening up about things we have to talk about these things and we have to you know unfortunately or fortunately um preach against these things because we want to see the body of christ um as a whole uh be more effective in in upbuilding the kingdom and one of the things about this episode is that you're going to hear um straight from the heart of two um, passionate preachers, two passionate men of God who loves um, the Lord, loves people, and most of all, we love our church. So without further ado, if I go any further, you're missing out again <laughs> on the show. So I want you guys to tune in and, and be a part of the conversations. Um, check us out on our YouTube channel. Check us out on all social media platforms at It's One Faith. If you have trouble finding it, go to our website, weareonefaith.com. You can find all of the information there. You can also find information on Omar's podcast, on the Picket Perspective, um, and also his wife, him and his wife, they have a YouTube channel together um, called Virtuous Beauty uh, with his beautiful wife, Titi. So make sure that you guys check that out. Make sure that you guys um, like, subscribe, uh, share, be a part of the conversations, be a part of everything that they have going on, support um, each member of the One Faith fam as you would support me. If not, support um, them even more because we're a family. We're all about playing on the same team, man. It's not a competition. It's not a sprint. It's not a, a, a relay race or anything like that. We're in the same race together. We're doing this thing for the upbuilding of the kingdom. So without further ado, fam, uh, open up your hearts and minds to receive the conversation. <laughs> Part two of the conversation between me and my um, brother, um, Elder Omar Pickett. God, we don't we don't want to deal with the actual issues of today 
And I think if we do that, and I was going to say talk about, we talk about the pride of the leaders. Mm-hmm. That's also drawing people away. That is. You're right. And that's people feel like, I to oh, man, he, that, that preacher's so prideful, I can't even speak to him. Mm-hmm. I can't even say hi to him. He don't even address me. Mm-hmm. A lot of young people walk out just for that. They leave for that. And it's not only that, but they know, they see it in the church because mm-hmm. it's whenever you go down for prayer. Certain ones get certain prayers. Certain ones get certain things prophesied to them. Mm-hmm. Certain things happen, and that's a spirit of pride too because as you, as you, if it's on the leader, it's going to matriculate down through the staff. It's going to matriculate down through the ministers. And if it don't, if, and after a while, it's going to matriculate down through the congregation. The Bible talks about how, um, how the sinful people, how they, they teach for hire and they prophesy for money. Mm. And then think that God is with them. Mm. And I mean, it's just amazing how we'll do the same thing and how we have turned, you know, you know what's supposed to be a ministry about saving souls into a brand, mm. you know, into a business. I, you know, I actually, you know, I'm in the process of actually writing a book. And one thing the Lord called it for me, he called it the fantasy football gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, with the fantasy football gospel, what it is is that uh, if you ever play fantasy football like we do, we'll go ahead and we'll get certain NFL players and put them on our teams. And then as we watch the NFL games, we don't even care about the score. Mm-hmm. We just care about our players getting the stats. Mm-hmm. So if I have a, a great quarterback that throws for five touchdowns, I'm happy. I don't care if we win or lose. There's so many people in the body of Christ that don't even care about if the body of Christ is growing or losing souls, just as long as they're praying. They don't even care. It's like, hey, as long as I get mine, I'm good. As long as I get my followers. As long, as, long as, as I get, get my followers. View my, my, my church online. As long as I get people to do this, I don't care about their souls. I don't care. I don't care that the body of Christ is falling apart and losing relevance in the culture. Mm. What I care about is, hey, we just got a million followers on our Facebook page. Jesus. As if that's what Jesus really cared about. Jesus. And you know what? It's so amazing you said that because it's like, for me, when we moved down to Charlotte, like our eyes have been open for real to a lot of things. And it's like a lot of the churches that that we preach against, we preach heavy against, you know, it seems like they have more of the heart for the people than the churches that 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 deals with the sinful, prideful narrative. It's like they would much rather preach against everything in the world, everything that's wrong, but in, instead focus on focus in on the actual heart of a man. Like I want unless that and that that has been like my whole problem is like I love ministering to people. I love preaching of course and I love all these things but I feel like my preaching is in vain and my ministry is in vain if I cannot connect to someone's heart in that moment and for me that is more important than anything else (laughs) that I do ministry wise because I want to make sure that you as a person you get it and not only do you get it but you understand that there is a bigger goal and that bigger goal is heaven it's not um, the it's not getting a nice big old house it's not getting a nice fancy car it's not getting you know all the money in the world it's about understanding the fact that you have somewhere to go when you leave this earth and aligning ourselves to that and it's like it, it, it baffles me how many preachers how many of our favorite preachers would get that one thing wrong <laughs> all because of pride 
all because they would much rather talk about how much the money they, they're raising and, or talk about people or be petty and do different things that really don't um, build up the body of Christ. You know, I was thinking about, you know, and just just if you want just a just a visual evidence, think about how many um, evangelism conferences that have declined and how church world conferences have increased. Mm. Because now it's less about winning souls and more about growing the churches. It is. It's just that's your right there blatant example of let's get our building bigger. Not realizing that if we actually evangelize and make it about that, church growth is actually gonna be a natural you know, byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. But no, your bigger focus is how do I get more people into my building and not on how can I How do I get more butts in the seats and more tides in, the, in, the, there you go. <laughs> in my there bank you account? Go. There you go. And I, I hope we don't just sound real negative. I don't want to sound like I'm No, it, it, I don't even think we sound negative at all. I mean, there, there will be people that will um, misinterpret this as being negative, but, you know, it's really tackling a tough issue that I would say not too many people will talk about not nobody but not too many people will talk about or will want to challenge head on um and that's the whole purpose of one faith is to talk about these things whether it's uncomfortable whether it's comfortable you know it all follows under the umbrella of one faith we are we belong to uh our one lord jesus christ we're all the same we believe, right we're on the same team and it's like we have to correct these issues it's like kb said something that was so profound the other day and i gotta pull it up He's, and he's talking about the Black Lives Matter thing, but it goes on. You can really look at this about the pride thing that we're talking about, too, and the other issues that the church is negating to talk about. He says, we need to talk about the problem of black on black crime. We need to talk about the problem of fatherlessness. We need to talk about the problem of abortion. But we need to talk about we need to talk about them as problems as to be solved for the purpose of redemption, not as arguments to be made and, for the purpose of silencing. And thank you, because when <laughs> I talked about very at the very beginning, uh-huh. when I talked about that white pastor that I was addressing, mm-hmm. he brought up all those same things mm-hmm. in the context of what basically in a way of basically saying, why are we discussing police brutality? Mm-hmm. And when we as the body of Christ come off that shallow. That's how you get people that'll go. I'm not gonna listen to you. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to. Yeah, I'm tone deaf now because I don't hear nothing else you got to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Just wrapping everything up um, as far as everything that we've talked about today. Um, man, we covered everything, and I didn't even have to look at the paper. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, one point I do want to make, like how. We have church pride. We talked about that. Um, basically, proud about being uh, belonging to a certain church or under a certain leader. And I remember in First Corinthians one and twelve, where uh, Paul is basically rebuking the, the Corinthian church about that. You know, he's saying, "I belong to Apollos. I belong to Cephas. Or I belong to Paul." And Paul was like, "No, we all belong to Jesus." And you know, we take this thing stance this day and age because we boast about being a part of certain denominations or being a part of certain churches when it's not about that. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about us belonging under the, the umbrella of Jesus Christ, us falling under that um, that narrative that Jesus is Lord uh, and Jesus is King. And one of the things that I love the most about Kanye West's Jesus King album and everything that he's doing now is that he recognizes that Jesus is King and you would think that so many preachers so many people would get behind that it's like they just missed the mark so many on so many ways but um family I'm about to 
turn um, Elder um, Pickett over to give you an inspirational message. He is going to wrap this thing up. We've been talking for over an hour <laughs> <laughs> about the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But brother, uh, go ahead and give the people an inspirational message, something that will encourage them. Okay, I want to share a certain scripture with you, and I feel like we've been really, um, really pointing out things that I really feel like the church needs to address. And there's actually a passage that I feel like goes along with that same notion, but I do also want to leave uh, some encouragement for you. Second Kings chapter 4, um, verse 1 to verse 2 says, One day the widow of a member of a group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who has served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Um, I want to talk to you for a little bit just from the subject, everything you need is in your house. Um, everything you need is in your house. Um, the Lord showed me this passage, I remember, um, almost about five or six years ago and showed this to me as a picture of the body of Christ today. And I see it playing out as such. Um, here you have a passage of a woman who talks about her husband and how her husband loved the Lord, how her husband was a servant of the Lord. However, he has died and now the creditor has come and is threatening to take her sons. Mm. And what the Lord showed me was a picture of the body of Christ, mm. a body of Christ that has one generation that loves God, that's serving God, that's giving their all for God. But they failed in some sort of way. They failed to pay their debts. They failed to take care of their responsibilities. And as such, because they didn't, the creditor is coming to take their gifts. Let me show you what the Lord showed me. He showed me a picture of a generation that loved God enough to buy every book to go to every conference, to go to every jurisdictional meeting, mm. to go to every convocation, but failed in their responsibility to pass on that same God to the next generation, that failed in their responsibility to pass on that same God to their kids. And because of that, the creditor, the slewfoot, the devil is coming to take their kids. And so now what we see more than ever mm. before is an attack on the next generation yep. This is how you got preachers in the pulpit While the son's in the game mm. This is how you get the mom in the missionary board And the daughter selling her body This is how you get that situation Where what one generation has The other generation doesn't mm -hmm. And how does that sort of thing happen A lot of times it happens because what they see You know I oftentimes say One generation's hypocrisy creates another generation's apathy mm -hmm. If what you claim you love Is not being reflected at home if it's not enough to change you all the way, why would the next generation even embrace it some of the way? Mm. And so what ends up happening is that we're having a generation that's turning away from God because the God of what they have, the God that their parents have, is not being passed on to them. And now Satan's sitting back and saying, okay, you go ahead and shout. Mm. You go ahead and go to all them conferences. You go ahead and fall out on the floor. Dance till you want to. Shout all you want to. Uh, as soon as this COVID season, you know, gets over and your church opens, go ahead and keep on dancing. I'm going to turn your kids into slaves of sin. Mm. I'm going to turn your daughter out. I'm going to turn your son out. I'm going to get him into drugs. I'm going to get him into alcohol. I'm going to get him into depression. I'm going to get her into depression. But you go ahead and keep shouting. Mm. You go ahead and keep trying to get another title. You go ahead and keep trying to do all those other things, trying to build up your church brand. Because while you're trying to do that, I'm going after your kids. Mm. I'm going after your next generation. Because if you lose the next generation, you die out, period. Yep. 
And just like you can be just like all that anointing will die with you. What are you truly passing on to the next generation? Mm. God showed me that this is the issue that's facing our current generation. Not that we weren't saved, not that we weren't going for God, but we weren't turning around and passing on that generational legacy to our children, to the next generation, to others so that they can go higher. Because everything's been about us. Yep. Here's the problem. Mm. But I brought got good news. There is a cure. And so if you look further on the passage, Elisha says in verse two, what can I do to help you? Elisha asks, tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except for a flask of oil. And I want you to understand that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to know is that what we truly need is an influx of the Holy Spirit. And if we bring that in there, get rid of all the fluff, get rid of all the, the, it's not about our brand, it's not about our titles, it's not about us trying to get higher, it's not about us trying to be mega. We just want the Spirit of God to come in. Come on. That's going to be everything we need to keep the creditor from coming and taking our kids. Mm. What he did with that oil, they said, bring me, it says, borrow as many empty vessels empty jars that you can from your friends and neighbors then go to your house and your sons and shut the door behind you and pour olive oil from your flask into those jars setting each one aside until it's filled look at what they're doing they're taking empty vessels and pouring the oil into them Mm. what if that's all church is focused on taking those empty vessels those empty souls what if we took that that person off the street and instead of judging them based off their dress they had on or dress judging them based off how they smell or Mm. judging them based off what they did last week or last summer or last year what if what we did is say we're just gonna pour the oil into them Mm. why don't you just pour the spirit into them Mm. and if we did that it's amazing how what the creditor is trying to do will be avoided gotta block it Mm. And he won't have access to our kids. He won't have access to this next generation. And you'll see that revival. You'll see that restoration. You'll see the coming of age where the church rises up to be the strong men and women of God that they call them to be. That can speak to the culture and speak the word of God. That can speak to kings, even to those who are not of God and truly reflect his power in his kingdom. He's just looking for empty vessels. That he can pour the oil into. I don't know where your situation is. I don't know where you are. You may be one of those empty flasks. Just ask the Lord to pour the oil. Because he'll pour that oil on you today. And fill you with his spirit. The Bible says that no gift. He said if even father gives out good gift. How much more would he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for it? Just be an empty vessel and ask him to pour out the oil. And he will use that to take care of every need that is right in front of you. You are anointed to change your situation. You are anointed to reach your neighborhood. You're anointed to reach those on your job. You're anointed to reach the people. And the body of Christ today is anointed to preach the gospel to the world. We just need the oil. And God is willing to pour it out. If he could find the empty vessels that are willing, be the empty vessels today and receive the oil from the Lord and change the world around you. Amen. Bro, bro, you brought the word. <laughs> now I got to come up with something next week. <laughs> man, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show, man. You don't even know it, man. I, I love you with the love of Christ, man. I really do. And I appreciate you for uh, accepting the invitation to come and share with us and share with everyone you know this is this has been a an episode man we're gonna get in trouble but (laughs) (laughs) 
It's okay, man. It's okay. I, I'm not scared because, you know, I, I think that, you know, we have to have these conversations. We have to have these tough calls. And, you know, I think that it's been long overdue. And it's on, it's on the heart of a lot of people in our church. And I think a lot of people just are scared to talk about it. So not just our church, but, you know, a lot of churches out there, a lot of denominations, period. You know, a lot of people want to address this, but don't know how to. So I appreciate you, brother. I love you. I love you, too. And I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been this has been awesome. This has been fun. I just know it's just this is what the body of Christ needs. And we're willing to do what we need to do. And it's only the beginning, man. It's only the beginning. So, all right. One faith. Thank you. Have a good one. One and eight tells us, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Yeah. Then Philippian tells me that I can do all things with Christ, which strengthens me. Yes, sir. Ah, uh, but Second Timothy told me, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Yeah, in a sound mind. Somebody needs your power.
Hey fam, look, now is not the time to be living in fear or to be feeling hopeless about what's going on in the world today. I know that there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain, a lot of anger, and a lot of frustration, but just know that you're not alone in that. You see, I want you to know that God has not forgot about you, your dream, your vision, or his promise. See, God will provide for you. Not only that, but God has never left your side, even when it seems like he has. I just want you to know that whatever you're going through or whatever has your heart feeling so heavy right now, just let it go. Give it to God and allow him to give you love, joy, peace, and a sound mind. If you need prayer or want to know more about this Jesus that I'm talking about, text one faith to 55444. Again, that's the number one in faith to 55444. I will connect with you and I will pray with you. Thank you.